So many are wondering this year what Easter means. Is Easter extended family gathering uh, for you and, and your family? Are you uh, a family that eats lamb or are you a family that eats ham or maybe kielbasa or maybe Italian meat pie? There's so many traditions that accompany Easter. Cousins and friends searching for eggs, a whole lot more candy than anyone ever needs to eat. Brightly colored clothes, some traditions even include brightly colored hats. Or maybe you're more churchy and you say, no, Easter is about going to church. Easter is about the pipe organ and pulling out all the stops or the praise band rocking extra hard. It means a sanctuary filled with flowers. And for the preachers among us, it means a sanctuary filled with people. If all of that is what Easter means, though, then we're not having it this year. Thankfully, that is not what Easter means. Easter means that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and that we have been given new life. We'll look at what has been accomplished. We will look at what it means for the future and we'll look at what it means for our present. First, what has been accomplished? We see in verse 3, uh, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Notice that. Live, new birth, birth, and living hope. Living hope. Both of those phrases uh, remind us of life. They, they indicate that there is life in our relationship with God. He has given us, Jesus Christ has given us life a quality of life in that Jesus said, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. That quality of abundant life comes when we know God and we sense God's Holy Spirit in our lives, when we acknowledge what God is doing in our lives and our lives become much richer and fuller because we know that we are in relationship with God. It also means quantity of life. We are promised that we are given eternal life, life forever with God. These are truly glorious promises. It also means identity. We are given a new identity. We are given the identity of sons and daughters of God. The anything else by which we measure our value doesn't cut it. So thankfully, that is replaced in Jesus Christ by what he has done for us being given to us as if it's our own. A lot of times our identities are marked by insecurities. I have to say this whole process of recording worship services, I'm on my second take because I looked at the first one. I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like uh, how I sounded. Now, I, I don't know if I can change how I look or how I sound by trying to do this again, but let me tell you, this this recording thing brings up a lot of my insecurities. I don't like looking at myself and thinking, you guys have to look at this too. I, I write what I think are really insightful things and the primary way I'm able to communicate and have a little bit of feedback through our Facebook uh, page and I get I got a, a bunch of likes once and then hardly ever hardly any reads on some of them and the ones that do read it don't like it 
and I wonder, what am I doing wrong? We, we all are um, plagued by insecurity, some of us more than others, but the wonder of our new birth, our new identity in Jesus Christ, is that there are no insecurities left to be had. We are made right, we are made perfect in the eyes of God, and that is a glorious identity to have. Jesus Christ in his victory over all evil, over all sin, over all sadness, has accomplished this for us. And not only us personally and individually, but Jesus Christ has accomplished victory over all the um, forces of evil, over all the sadnesses, over everything that is wrong in the created universe. Everything everything will be made right. And that's where we're shifting now from what has been accomplished to what is promised to us as we look to the future because of what Jesus Christ has done. He has given us, as it says here in verse 4, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Never perish, spoil, or fade. It is secure. It is solid. And that, that phrase, never perish, spoil, or fade, someone explained it to me once as, um, it's like you get a new car, and you know that that new car is new, and that feels really good, but then the new car starts getting old. It's the same with anything. We, we like the new stuff. And what, what this phrase means is that the quality of newness will characterize what we have there. It will always be new, always be fresh. It's not the quantity of time, because in eternity, it's not about that. It's about the quality, the quality of everything around us. And our lives will never perish. Our bodies will never spoil or fade. What a glorious thought that is. One person explained... Um, how to uh, anticipate this future and how it impacts our lives with the story of two workers, both given a rather menial task to do for a year, uh, 40 hours a week. They would go in to, to the workplace and do this job. And one was promised at the end of the year, $50,000, a fair wage. The other was promised at the end of the year, $5 million, Imagine how differently the two people approached the job. The one who was getting $50,000 did not enjoy this menial task very much at all. The one who knew that $5 million would be theirs at the end of this didn't enjoy it inherently for what it was, but enjoyed it for what it would bring and had great joy through the entire process because they knew what was in store for them. This inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power. God is holding this inheritance for you. Don't worry if you're not doing it well enough, because that's the whole point. We can't earn our salvation. Jesus Christ accomplished this for us. 
I think a lot of times, though, we, we think, well, it says the word faith here, who through faith are shielded by God's power. Well, the faith lets us know that we are shielded by God's power. But the inheritance is kept for you. I guess all I'm saying in that is we sometimes try to conjure up a greater and greater faith to prove that these promises are true for us. And I would suggest that it's not about conjuring up a greater faith in God, but making sure that whatever faith you have is in a great God, the great God who has accomplished all of our salvation for us through Jesus Christ. So we've looked at what what this means, what, what has happened, what Jesus Christ accomplished in the past. We looked at what it means for our future. Now we're left with the question of where are we now? What does it mean for our present? And notice in verse 6, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice. In all this you greatly rejoice. That's what it means for the present. Great rejoicing. Uh, but then keep reading. <laughs> Though now... For a little while, you may have had to suffer griefs and all kinds of trials. The rejoicing comes first. The rejoicing characterizes our life. And yet, there are all kinds of trials. We know that we are still, this universe is still in this cosmic battle between God and the forces of evil. We know that in the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ has won this battle, but the outworkings are still happening. And therefore, there will be struggles, there will be pains. The enemy wants to pull you from God and will cause struggle and pain in your life to try to dissuade you from your faith. We don't know the cause of each struggle, but we do know that we're struggling, but we also know that we can have joy in the struggle. That's what verse 6 tells us. So how? How do we have joy in the struggle? Number one, we know that it will end. We know that there is a better life coming. And number two, we know that when this life ends, when these current struggles are over, the life that will be revealed, the glory that will be revealed, is so much greater than anything we experience now. Paul said it this way, uh, our light and momentary afflictions, he called them, are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. Sam Ganji in The Lord of the Rings uh, questions this way. Will everything sad come untrue? And the answer to that in God's kingdom is yes, it will. We don't look forward just to the good of God's um, eternal existence for us, the kingdom of God, but we look forward to everything bad becoming untrue. I like to th reflect on what Paul said. Our afflictions in this life achieve for us eternal glory. In other words, I think what it means is that the, the struggles and trials we endure here make the glory that we will experience that much greater, that much more joyous, that much more wonderful. So we have joy in the struggle because we know it will end. We know that the inheritance is glorious and we know that Jesus Christ is with us. Jesus' willingness to enter into human 
sinful into human struggling caused by our sinfulness his willingness to struggle and suffer and die for us shows that god is in no way remote from human suffering and in no way uncaring but jesus who for the joy set before him endured the cross he scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of god hebrews 12 2. And we wonder, what is the joy that was set before him? And the answer is pretty simple. Jesus had joy. Jesus had glory. Jesus had everything in his existence with the Father before ever becoming a human being, before ever coming to earth. But there's something that was missing, that his humanity, his struggling, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection accomplished. And that something is you. That something is relationship with you. You are the joy. You are the joy that allowed Jesus Christ to endure the suffering. Having a relationship with you is what allowed him to struggle and suffer. And if that joy, if knowing that you are the joy of his heart, knowing that hopefully allows you to have him be the joy of your heart. And as we endure various struggles, as we endure this life anticipating the next, the next verses tell us that what that does is increase our faith, prove our faith genuine, and prepare us for that day when everything will be made right. I encourage you to keep the faith, to know what Jesus Christ has accomplished. We've been forced this year to disconnect from many of the things that we think make Easter Easter, but we are in no way disconnected from what Easter actually is. Salvation accomplished, new life guaranteed, and joy now and forever.